Liesl, thank you for bringing this question, which um, I think is, is really interesting. And so, and I'll, I'll let you kind of fill in the details, but what you've been doing, which I really like, is that you've been experimenting with different offerings, like different topics, like you might have a strengths finder type of program, and you might have an EFT type of workshop or program, and you may have a grief you know, recovery type of program, and you have other things too. I love that you're experimenting because that's what I wish more people would do. And it's sort of like, um, it's that journey of development where we kind of like start here and then we grow and expand uh, to complexity. And then on that other side, we then find simplicity again, but the simplicity is now more refined and you know, more like the complexity has been integrated and distilled, you know? And so like, that's what, that's kind of what you've done. You've exp expanded uh, offerings, which I want everyone to do. I like, feel like, I feel like too many people start off like with just, I need a single niche, a single audience, because that's what I'm supposed to do. And then they like, they define themselves before, before they have market data, they define themselves, their niche, their offering, their audience prematurely. And they get, I think it's, I think it's a bad idea. So I love that you've done this. And now, now you're on the journey of doing this, getting to the, the more sophisticated side of, side of simplicity. So fill us in a little bit here. What are some of the offerings? Right. So I wish to get to that simple place because right now it's a complex mess inside of my mind and on, it feels like on my website too. So some of the offerings are, I've got strengths offerings. Yes. That's just for people to get to know their strengths and Gallop go on strengths. a bit of a journey. Mm -hmm. Yes. yes. And then there's um, heal recurring patterns, which we do with EFT because kind of recurring patterns, patterns like are, I can't say boundaries, I can't say no. So I always end up resentful. It's the kind of things that are repeating things for people yes. that cause yes. them distress yes. and like I do that thing and I keep I can't stop doing it so mm -hmm. it could be um just healing from childhood abuse that's a pattern okay. as well that causes yeah. us certain things yes. or um uh I'm not good enough or I'm yes. always a failure or those sort of beliefs that end up in yes. recurring behavior that and by the way as I'm as Lisa was mentioning these things Chat below, comment below if you see a common theme of some kind or, or a type of person, whether it's yourself or somebody you know that would actually enjoy each of these. So, Lisa, you've got strengths thus far. You've got healing recurring patterns through EFT or through? Through, through EFT, through uh -huh. EFT, mostly. Okay. Of course, I've got other few tools in my box, but it's mostly EFT yes. that we use to heal those patterns because it's got emotional origins. Yes. Um, then there's a grief offering because last year I started seeing how much grief is there around oh, yeah. COVID and losing jobs, losing ah. just so much loss. So I thought I want to feel better equipped. And the so the that. grief is not just it, well of course if someone you love passes that's huge yes um but the grief recovery could also be yeah like you said new uh, lost relationship lost career you know career, career. breakdown or whatever yeah yes yeah. there's people who deal with grief because all their final goals in life was revolving mm. around you know retirement and that mm. and suddenly all of that was gone so yeah. there's yeah. just there was a lot of grief that that started surfacing that's so right. I can offer grief things. Yes. 
Then I've got the one about visibility for sensitive introverts. Okay. That mm -hmm. is a separate offering. Yes. Um, I created something earlier this year that was a separate offering for sensitive introverts who feel uh, inhibited or shy to charge for their services. Right. Really well, a little group program. And I want to run it again because yes. it's just yes. so lovely. Yes. And then there's, um, what else is there on my website? Oh my gosh. Well, there's my just little EFT course, you know, learn more about how yes, to do EFT, EFT people interested yourself. in that. Yeah. Yes. Cool. And then there's other offerings that I'm part of, like Kerry's yeah. Self-Discovery Wisdom right. School. Sure, sure. Yeah, there's your collaborations and things. Collaborations. Yes. Okay. So. Um, it's just too much. This is good. Yeah. So first of all, uh, maybe some comfort in knowing that you know, whereas in the olden days, quote unquote, you know, when we're all in villages, you know, I'm known as a blacksmith. You're known as the farmer. <laughs> You're known as the this and this. Like in, in the olden days, like everybody had a role. You know, it reminds me of uh, what's that movie? Mo Moana, right? Like everybody has a role. Everybody, but she wants to expand to more than that. She wants to just be herself, right? And so, and that's what our, the, our, the Newton days. Right? <laughs> now, here we are in the world of the personal brand, and of, uh, one of the you know heroes of the personal brand uh, in the past ten years has been you know Gary Vaynerchuk, who is a specialist in the following: sports, wine motivational speaking, social media, uh, trading cards, um, NFT. That's already six very different things. Out of the, uh, I'm, a, I'm a fan of Gary Vee and I only care about one of those six. I don't care about wine. I don't follow sports. I couldn't care less about trading cards. <laughs> social media, okay, maybe I, I like two of those. Social media motivation, okay. Um, but when you start talking about NFTs, I'm like, okay, whatever. You know, I just... Um, and so, so I wanted to start there because I feel like no matter what, Liesl Teversham is a personal brand and being a personal brand, you have a certain lovely way of showing up, you know, in your writings, in your social media posts, in your videos, in your workshops, in your books, in your offerings that people just like, I just like Liesl's voice. She can talk about anything and it would be enjoyable to consume. So number one, we can all relax into the fact that no matter what, we no matter what, at the end of the day, we have a personal brand and we have a personal brand following. Yay. Good. Okay. And so in, in other words, even if we don't figure out by the end of this conversation, exactly which audience, et cetera, you can rest assured knowing that whatever you decide to say is going to be fine for your, your true fans, essentially, your personal brand on yours. Okay. Now, strategically for business, for more people saying yes to your offerings, it does make sense to have some focus over time so that it's easier for people to remember, not just Liesl, I like her energy. Do I have anything else I remember about her? Okay. All right. So that's, that's the focus part. And um, the, the thing is, uh, you know, back, back to the personal brand, even if people don't remember us, the fact is they will notice our postings if they follow us and whatever we're launching, they'll remember, even if they don't know what Liesl does 
if they if they were forced to say something in 30 seconds, they couldn't say it. When they see us on social media, when they see the email, when they see the video, they'll go, oh yeah, that's what she's offering right now. Cool. Let me share it. Okay. So that's, that's that. But still, you know, you, you, it might make you feel more like focused or clear when you, when you have this sophisticated simplicity. So um, here's the question. The question I like to ask is of your offerings, we can basically, like I'm imagining a grid here, like score your different offerings by the following metrics. One is what's the most, uh, what has the best uptake whenever you launch it? So I like to make a very simple scoring, which is zero, one, and two. Uh, one, zero means, yeah, it has pretty bad uptake. Like it's hard to launch this thing. You know, very few people say yes. If anybody says yes, that's a zero. One is, yeah, it's, it's like average. It's, you know, not bad, not great, but it's okay. I don't mind launching it again. That's a one. And a two is like, oh yeah, this is definitely one of my better, more welcome offers. So as we, you can see the grid, right? So it's like, okay, you've got your strengths finder program. You've got your habit, uh, you know, re recurring habits program. You've got your grief recovery, blah, 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 blah. Each of these is a row. And then you've got the, the metrics. Okay, hmm, strengths finder. Well, actually we could do this real quick if you like, just to give people an example. How would you score your strengths finder program zero, one, or two? I have to take a step back and say, I'm very bad at launching I never actually do that in my newsletters. So, or at least I announcing it whenever people, you make it available. I, I don't. It's on my website and I hope people will find it. <laughs> okay. All right. So that's, that's good. I'm glad we're talking about this because you can't get the data until you have consistent launches. And when I say a launch, those of you watching this who don't know what I'm talking about, I don't mean, okay, you've got to have five webinars and you've got to have 20 JV partners and you have to have 84 email sequence. No, no. When I launch something, it's so easy for me because I basically send two emails specifically about that new program or that relaunched program. I send two emails. I make several social media posts and that's what I call launch. And of course I run Facebook ads, Instagram ads to make sure all my audience sees, sees it. That's what I call a launch. It's, it's, that's why I'm able to launch every month, essentially, because it's very gentle. It's gentle for me, and it's relatively gentle for the audience because they're not getting 84 emails. They get two that month about it. So, Lisa, when you have put these things forward, how would you score the strengths finder, zero, one, or two, in terms of the uptake from your audience? Right. Well, last week or two weeks ago, I made a Facebook, it was a newsletter yes. thing yes. and, uh, and about a group thing because yes. usually these things are actually private private work it's not groups yes. zero people my strengths finder it was just an idea i had i thought okay. let me just but how about in the out. past um i've never launched it i've never it's so funny it's just... Diesel, because you you actually are known for strengths finder work among your friends and colleagues but you haven't launched it yet, <laughs> I, I which is so funny. So, Lisa, I think I think we've come down to the, the most actionable thing right now for you <laughs> is to have a rhythm of gentle launches. Mm. I do little workshops. That's my rhythm of okay. launches. Yes. Right. Of course you do. Yes, of course. Yes. You, you, you do these but things. So not you do. the private work. I don't really launch right. that. Whatever it is, program that's a priority for you, you need to launch it regularly. 
Um, but okay, so let's, okay. But so you could see how the scoring is gonna work. If you launch it, you can then track it to say, yes. okay, this month I launched this, next month, you know, previous month I launched that, the month before that I launched that. And the data is what we need to see over time. So that's the first metric is what's the uptake. And if we don't have an uptake, then we know the action is to launch um, consistently. Okay, that's the second metric uh, we're gonna, of course, we can, I can imagine having multiple metrics. Um, the second metric, you know, could, you could say, how much did I enjoy running the program? Mm. Zero, one, and two. Zero is like, oh man, I don't want to do that again. <laughs> you know, but I was, I was too hard. You know, people didn't get it or um, it was just every time I teach it, it's so difficult to teach. Um, and I don't really feel committed to doing it in the future. So that's a zero. One is like, yeah, you know, I think it has potential. Um, it wasn't easy to teach. Uh, it wasn't easy to, to deliver. But I think if I kept at it, I, I could, you know, and people people got it kind of, but I think over time, as I, that's a one. Two is like, oh my gosh, I could do this. Either I could do this in my sleep or, oh, that was so much, what a great experience to have with my clients, okay? My students, et cetera, that's a two. So you could score, you could score that. Right. And so strengths finder, what would be yours whenever, whenever you've done that work? A two. Great. A two. Excellent. Okay. Just love it. Yes. I love it. Now the third metric would be um, how uh, the, 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 the ideal person, you really could say these two metrics are enough over time. I mean, that, but the third metric kind of refines a bit, which is the ideal person for this program um, how easy is it to reach them based on my current marketing? Meaning, um, so for example, uh, let's say I said, you know, I'm passionate about dog training and I want to launch a dog training program. Okay. That metric for me right now would be a zero because my audience, it's not easy for me to reach the dog training audience or the people. Actually, it's not sound true. Probably a one because I have a bunch of people in my audience who probably loves dogs and it would be kind of, okay, actually, I'm sorry. The third metric I realized is, is this kind of mix? Well, okay, fine. Let, let, let's make four, let's make four columns. The third metric is how easy it is given my current marketing, my current audience to reach them. Okay. And the fourth metric is how aligned would my existing audience find that offering based on what they know about me? So that fourth metric for me with dog training, be like, huh? You know, I know George loves Buddy, his dog, but it's kind of weird that he's offering dog training. Even my current program, Digital Decluttering, is a little weird for people. Like, okay, it's, it's, it's like a, like a 0.5, you know, on the 0, 1, 2 scale. Like if I taught yet another social media platform, that would be a two. People know me for that. If I taught um, a program on, you know, time management or whatever, that may be a two. Digital decluttering was like, it's a little bit off topic for George, but we can see how it might work. It's like a 0 0.75 or a one. Maybe it's a one. Okay. Does that make sense? Yes. So maybe that's kind of what you've been thinking about. It's like, hmm, is this weird? So StrengthsFinder, when you launch that, how aligned does your audience feel that is for what they know about you? I'd say it's a one because some people in okay. my audience I've heard recently know nothing about it. And yes. some of them are in my audience because of strength. Yes. So yes. it's in the middle. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So 
as you can see, then, then the strength finder might score somewhere. If we add these numbers together, it's going to be three or four or whatever it might end up being. So then you score it for each of your offerings. Right. Okay. So that's the first step. It's like the score of the offerings so that you, you might come to like, oh my gosh, out of these four five, six offerings I have, which is why we needed the experimentation, right? Because otherwise you don't have it in, in the launches, which then you have nothing to score if you don't experiment and launch the data, et cetera. Okay. So once we score them, we go, oh, wow, that offering, this offering, good. Now, then it's clear to me that going forward, if I want to be strategic about my content, about my newsletter, about my audience, I need to focus on these two themes. Does that make sense? Or these three themes, or maybe there's one theme, maybe one of them is very clear. One of them scored, you know, a five or a six and everything else scored a two. Then it's, then, then it's like, okay, if this one scored a five or six and everything else is scoring a two or, or below, it's very clear that then what I need to do is focus on that top offering as well as its branches. What could I branch off that's quite related to that highest scoring offering? Does that make sense? Yes. And does that make sense in terms of now I'm better clear about the theme of my newsletters and my content? It comes off of the offering that's scoring the best. Right. Now, how long do I need to test out all these offerings so that I have the data? Fantastic question. Um, eternally. <laughs> <laughs> is, is the correct answer. <laughs> you know? But, okay. So it's, it's, it's the same. It's the question of how good is good enough? Well, right. now is good enough. And so if you literally could say, I haven't launched perfectly. I haven't done the perfect rhythm of launches. I haven't, you know, gotten everything that I've wanted ever to offer. It's not, I haven't already done that because there's other ideas I have. But now if I were to score it, what would it be? And let me just go with that for now. And okay. So actually you're making me realize I, what I do is kind of like a 70, 30 or 80, 20 rule. So let me explain this. If you were to sc score it now and you find that there is a top offering, then that's what you should focus on for 80% of the time. 80% mm -hmm. of your content should be surrounding that theme, your newsletters, who you're imagining is your audience is the perfect client for that offering. That's your audience. 80% of the time you're focused on that. 20% of the time you have to experiment. Otherwise, how will you ever know there's another brilliant thing you could do? So, I mean, an example like TLC right now, you know, I'm also running TLC right now, Thoughtful Life Calendar Program. That was an experiment. Like if I had an experiment with TLC, I wouldn't have known that it would go bonkers. It did really well as a launch. So you have to have the 20% experimentation. You can't. So this is where I would argue or not argue, but I would, I think it's dangerous to say, this is my niche. That's it. That's all I'm going to do. No, you, you must have niche experiments. You must always be experimenting. So whether it's 80-20 or it's 50-50 or it's 95-5, it's going to be a ratio. Depending on how much you feel you need to focus for strategic reasons, like, oh, no, I, I, I need a 95% focus right now because my audience and I feel all over the place. My audience thinks I'm all over the place. So let me do a 95% focus. 
just going to be this right now. It's going to be strengths for the next three months, six months, most of the time. And then 5%, I'll like post about this or does that make sense, Lisa? Mm, it does. It, it gives me a lot to think about. And I'm going to have to really brainstorm this because most of my audience know me for EFT. And yeah, so if I right. suddenly talk right. about strings, then where's my EFT offer suddenly? Like, I don't, I, it, well, even though most of your offerings knows you about knows you for EFT, how does it come out with the scoring? It might not be at the top. I don't know. It might be at the top. It might not be at the top. But here's what I would say is that um, if you focus, if, if the strengths one comes at the, comes out the top, then I still think it makes sense for you to focus 80% on the strength stuff, 10% on EFT, have it mentioned. And by the way, you could always integrate too. Just, mm. We haven't even talked about integration, but it's like in all of this, of course you can mention EFT when you talk about strengths or grief or habits, of course, and, and anything else, visibility and charging. You, know, you can always mention EFT a little bit in there. Again, the 80-20 rule. Mm. That makes sense? Okay, so I need to go and experiment now with offers. Yes, yes, and uh, and and maybe maybe try doing the scoring now, given what you oh, know. Right. And I would be curious to know what you come up with. Okay. Yeah. Thanks, George. It's Thanks, very helpful. Lisa. Thanks for asking Thank about you. that. Yeah.